I had lots of success in corporate. Like most people looking in would probably say that he's doing pretty good. He's pretty successful, but I just always knew that I was capable of more. You just kind of know inside if you're living up to your potential or if you're settling. So I knew that I was settling. I knew that what I could bring to the world was a lot more than what I was doing when I was working work in corporate and the fact that I had a son definitely made me realize you know that I wanted to take action that much more because I wanted to be a role model for him I wanted him to know that you don't have to go to school and then work for some corporate giant making you know them rich to be successful that you have other options to make it and be successful so being a good role model for him and showing him that there's other ways to get where you want to be, it's possible if you work hard enough. So that was another big driving point for me. Welcome to the Markeith Brayton Podcast. I am Markeith Brayton, former corporate nine to fiver turned lifestyle entrepreneur and personal brand business strategist. Each week, I will bring you inspiring personal development content and transformative interviews of some of today's most sought-after influencers and entrepreneurs who will help you unlock your fullest potential. Thank you for spending time with me today. Now let the class begin. What's up, everybody? This is Markeith Brayton, your host of the Markeith Brayton Podcast. And today I have a special guest today by the name of Terry Foster. Terry Foster is the owner and founder of Terry Foster Consulting in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Terry Foster Consulting is a digital marketing agency offering customized marketing solutions through paid online advertising channels that deliver measurable results. Terry has over four years of Facebook advertising experience and his achievements include, and I want you to listen to this, generating over $50 million of sales of physical products, generating over $10 million of sales of services and helping 11 different businesses surpass $1 million in sales during a calendar year, managing as high as $44,000 for a single client on a single day. So this is definitely someone you want to listen to. Terry, thank you for joining me on the podcast today. Thank you. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Happy to uh, be here with you and give some value. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Terry, I always start off the show by allowing uh, my guests to just to reintroduce themselves. I read your bio, but you know, there are things that you know that's not in your bio that you may want to share. And just uh, tell the listening audience how you show up in the world each and every day. Yeah, of course. My name is Terry Foster. I'm located here in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. It's uh, the dead of winter, so it's about negative five degrees outside. But yeah, I own Terry Foster Consulting, and we are a digital advertised agency that helps businesses transform their businesses and their lives through the use of effective paid media buying. So that's what I'm passionate about. I'm passionate about helping people love running their businesses, love their entrepreneurial journey, because when things are going well, when you're able to include and incorporate paid traffic into what you're doing, it just takes your businesses to new heights and it opens up new opportunities. And that's what gets me going. That's what excites me. And that's what we love to do. Awesome. So Terry, you know, what was that uh, impetus or that motivation to even get into 
this space of digital advertising? Yeah, the motivation was the fact that I always felt like I was an entrepreneur. I always yearned to build something. I always kind of wanted to make maximum impact. And it took me a while to find this space. I kind of fell into this space. It wasn't something that I went to school for. It wasn't something that I had experience in. I went to school for computer information systems and accounting. So I did the whole corporate nine to five deal for about 10 years. I was a computer programmer for five years and a business analyst for another five. But once I had my son, who's now seven, I knew that I was getting older. I knew that um, if I wanted to actually start living the life that I truly wanted to live, if I wanted to start making an impact, if I wanted to remove the ceiling that was placed on me by working corporate, that I needed to start taking action. So I just started looking for opportunities that aligned with my skill set. So that's what I did. I knew that all business owners, all businesses owners, would start needing social media. They would need digital advertising. It was right around that peak time where people started to understand the power of it, but not a lot of people were doing it and they weren't doing it successfully. And my background with the technical side of it fit well in that. And I also felt that I had a gift for being able to craft messages to get people to take action. So those two things together made me to be a perfect fit for Facebook advertising. So I did that and I really just fell in love with it because I could see like the tangible impact that it had. I would be able to see that, okay, we invested X amount of dollars and it got Y amount of dollars back. And this is the impact that it had on that person's business. So all of it really just made sense to me. Um, there was a need for it and I just tried to fill that need. Awesome. You know, you hit on a couple of things because we're going to get into the Facebook advertising and, and the different things that people need to consider before uh, moving in that direction with their businesses. But you, you talked about the idea of, you know, what you're going to do with the rest of your life. You know, you you had a child, you you had pretty much kind of did the things that you knew to do corporately, but you knew there was more. And one of the things that I always like to kind of talk about with individuals who are entrepreneurs who kind of really started to uh, dream bigger for themselves was why was it important for you to, you know, really pursue uh, the dream that you had or pursue the vision that you had for your life, even though, you know, you could have had a decent life corporately uh, in the IT space? Yeah, definitely. And, um, I had lots of success in corporate, like most people looking in would probably say that he's doing pretty good, he's pretty successful, but I just always knew that I was capable of more. You just kind of know inside if you're living up to your potential or if you're settling. So I knew that I was settling. I knew that what I could bring to the world was a lot more than what I was doing when I was work, working corporate. And the fact that I had a son definitely made me realize you know, that I wanted to take action that much more because I wanted to be a role model for him. I wanted him to know that you don't have to go to school and then work for some corporate giant making, you know, them rich to be successful, that you have other options to make it and be successful. So being a good role model for him and showing him that there's other ways to get where you want to be is possible if you work hard enough. So that was another big driving point for me. 
That's good. Uh, the other thing you mentioned was leveraging uh, the skill that you had. You know, part of my business is really, you know, helping individuals to build businesses around their talent, their skill, um, because it's the thing that they innately have the ability to do and that there are there is a market typically for what it is that you do well. And so what what would you say to that person who says, you know, I have a skill, but I really don't know how to build a business around it, you know, how to take my skill and begin to test the marketplace to see whether or not I can build a business with it. Well, that's one of the beautiful things about the climate that we live in now is the fact that we have so much information at your disposal. So just go to Google if you do something well. Um, do some Googling and see if you can find anyone offering services or anything related to what you're doing. And you'll probably be able to find out pretty quickly if you just do a little bit of homework. So all of the information that you need is pretty much at your fingertips with the internet. So take advantage of that, see what other people are doing, because um, there's other people that share similar talents as you. So there's likely someone that's having the same thoughts, but they've probably taken action. So you can see what kind of jobs they're doing, what type of businesses they have, and you can study that and see who you want to emulate and, you know, kind of get in where you fit in. So that's the key is doing your homework and kind of seeing what options are available to you. And then once you find that out, uh, really just start to dive in, start to really take pride in perfecting your craft, start by doing homework and studying and just getting familiar. And then after that, it just becomes around getting some real world, real world experience. So don't go into it, you know, thinking that you're going to get rich overnight or that you can start off, you know, charging a hundred dollars an hour, a thousand dollars an hour, whatever your ultimate goal is. Don't go, you know, forth thinking that you have to start that way going with just knowing that experience is so, so important. So you just got to pay your dues. You got to get that experience because that's going to help you grow so much quicker. So Right. Keep that in mind is important. Yeah. And, you know, and I would like to add to, you know, yes, we have all the information at our fingertips. We can Google, we can go to YouTube, you know, and that's one way to learn. You know, another way to learn is, you know, hiring a coach while you, while you have your job and potentially have some discretionary income, you know, how about investing in yourself to find somebody who can teach you how to leverage that skill. You know, that's something I did at the very beginning when I wanted to get into coaching. I literally hired me a coach to teach me the foundational principles of having a coaching business, but then also to uh, teach me how to acquire clients for my coaching business. And so I took my extra income that I had and invested in myself so that I could ultimately, you know, have a business or, you know, similar uh, to what I did uh, with you just to kind of learn. I met you. I learned about your business, you know, doing digital advertising for my clients and getting into that space was something I wanted to do. So, you know, I decided, hey, the best way I can maybe get inroads with you or at least talk to you is, is to pay for your lunch, right? And learn a little <laughs> bit how you got started that. and yeah. what uh, what you did to get along the way and even inquired if you had coaching uh, that I could get involved in as well, because, you know, if it's something that you really want to do and you know you have the skill and the ability to do it, are you willing to invest in yourself to get there? Talk a little bit about investing in yourself to get to that next level. Yeah, definitely. That's 
funny because I'm actually doing like um, a Facebook live series where I talk about 10 lessons that I learned on my path from zero to 1 million in three years. And the last two I covered was investing in yourself and investing in your business. So investing in yourself is, is critical. You have to be, you always have to treat yourself as your most precious asset. So investing in yourself is always going to pay the best dividends. I think I laid with a quote like that, that Warren Buffett stated that mm. it was something along those lines. And that was pretty powerful because that's someone that obviously knows how to pick stocks. He knows how to pick companies, has lots of success. He has a gazillion dollars, but he still thinks that your best investment is the one that's in yourself. And that's totally true. Like you have to be willing to pay for development. You have to be willing to pay to grow. You have to be willing to read books or go to conferences or do all the things that's necessary to to grow. And that's that's the key. Once you kind of unlock that mindset of being willing to to grow and push yourself and just learn new stuff and stuff stuff outside of your comfort zone, that's when amazing stuff starts to happen. So investing in yourself, like you said, hiring coaches, um, really critical programs and whatever you have to do to get ahead. So definitely a, a big proponent of investing in yourself. Investing in yourself. So let's shift into this whole building uh, that business that, that you have and how businesses can really uh, begin to leverage businesses as well as personal brands, as well as uh, creatives, how they can really uh, utilize uh, the digital space, digital advertising to really start to grow and scale uh, their business. So what's the first thing someone needs to consider before uh, diving deep into uh, leveraging digital advertising uh, for themselves or for their business? Uh, the first thing that you need to do is understand what you're trying to accomplish. Uh, that sounds really simple and it seems like a no-duh type of, of answer, but a lot of people really don't know what they want their outcome to be. So if you're going to start digital advertising, are you looking to sell a particular service? Are you looking to gain more exposure? Are you looking to just get more people on your email list? You need to know why you're doing it. And a lot of people take that for granted, but knowing that kind of dictates all of the strategy because you approach those things completely different ways. And you want to be able to know if things are working. Like if your objective is to uh, get sales of a product, it really doesn't matter how many people were added to your Facebook page or to your email list. But a lot of times people get caught up in those things and they lose sight of why they're actually doing digital advertising. So that's a really big one is have the end game in mind from the very start. So starting with the end in mind, what's the end result that you want from doing the digital advertising? Now, you mentioned the fact that um, you do a lot with Facebook advertising, but are there other digital advertising uh, platforms that you can use other than Facebook? Yeah, definitely so. So I always talk about Facebook and Instagram because that's our expertise. That's what we um, do the best. but you know, it depends on where your audience is. That's really the name of the game. When you have a business and you're looking to advertise, you should be willing to go wherever your audience, your customers or your clients, wherever they're at. So they may or may not be on Facebook and Instagram. Maybe they're on YouTube. 
Maybe they're on Pinterest. Maybe they're on LinkedIn. Uh, maybe they're searching through Google. So those are some platforms that you can also advertise on and you can advertise on effectively as long as you know that that's a place, that's a network that you can find your audience. And there's a ton of people on all of those networks that I just mentioned. So um, yeah, they, they make sense for a lot of people. Good. And what about those businesses who say, you know, hey, I'm a brick and mortar. I'm not really into the digital thing. Uh, I don't know that something like digital advertising can really help my business. What would you say to them? <laughs> well, you better start to change your, <laughs> your thinking because, <laughs> yeah, pretty soon everyone is going to be doing it. Your competitors are doing it. So you have to be willing to embrace change. So it may not be comfortable. It may not be what you're used to, but it's, you know, it is what it is. So if you want to maximize your chance for success, then you need to embrace digital advertising because it's not going anywhere. If you're local, then you should be wanting to use such things as Google ads because people may be searching like best bakery in, you know, Pittsburgh or best barbershop in Nashville or, you know, whatever it is. So if you have a brick and mortar store and that type of situation, that's going to help get you in front of more people, which is in turn going to make you more money. So, I mean, if you're happy where you are, if you like, you already know that you're cool doing whatever numbers you're doing and it's pretty consistent, then, you know, don't do advertising. But if you want to ensure that you have a chance to do even better, which I encourage all businesses have that type of mindset, then one of the first places you want to look is digital advertising. Now, what is the major difference between, I know what it could be, but I want to hear from the professional What's the major difference between the company that uses the traditional approach versus the company who may have transitioned from the traditional approach and moved into the digital advertising space? Yeah, so I mean, the difference is that the people that have moved into digital, into the new age of advertising, they are just always going to be more top of mind. They're going to get to people a lot quicker and a lot more often than someone that isn't. Now, this isn't to say that if you're brick and mortar, you should stop doing traditional advertising. No, you should continue to do that. As many, you want as many channels as possible when it comes to advertising. So uh, you should keep both in place. It isn't like a and or, or a situation. I mean, you should be doing them. You should be doing both of them. So it's not like kind of like an or a situation where you have to pick. So the people that are embracing that are just, pumping new blood into the business. Good. One of the things that I was thinking about, it's very difficult for you to get any type of data and analytics if your um, advertising is always just billboards or, you know, newspapers or magazines, right? Yeah, definitely. That's one of the beautiful things about advertising digitally is the fact that you can actually start to track what's going on if you pay i don't even know how much it costs to pay for a billboard but if you pay for that billboard it's really tough like you said to narrow down how many customers or how many sales came courtesy of that billboard with facebook ads instagram ads google what have you you're able to say you know you put x amount of dollars into a campaign and you got y amount of dollars back so this peace of mind knowing that and as a business, you should always want to have as much control over your data as possible. And when you advertise digitally, 
you have all of that information. So then you start, you know, you're able to start making better decisions on your other channels because if you are advertising digitally and you find out like, hey, my customer base is, my customer base is mainly females between the age of 25 to 34, but on your billboards, you've been using an image of a male who's 40, that doesn't coincide with like your best, your best place. So you may have not even known if you didn't get that data from advertising digitally. Right. So you could you could use the data from digital advertising to impact some of your traditional advertising. Definitely. Most definitely. Great. So if I don't necessarily have, let's say, an email list, I don't currently have a customer base. How would I use digital advertising to really start building my foundation or does it even matter? Could I just have a product and whether I have an audience or a list, I could just put it out there and see who buys it or should, is there a process to the madness? Uh, yeah. I mean, the answer to that question is it depends. Like if you're selling a physical product, if you have like an e-commerce store, then you can just put that product in front of the people that you know are likely to buy it and you can just start there. Um, if you're a coach offering, you know, a thousand dollar or $10,000 mastermind, the chances of you just being able to hit someone completely cold and get them to pay you that much money when they don't know, like you and trust you is very minimal. So in that case, you probably would want to take a longer approach strategy, which you are building an email list. You can nurture them. You can get them coming onto your Facebook lives and provide value. And then, you know, once they're in your community, once they're in your tribe, they're going to be much more likely to take that more high ticket offer. So if you're looking to build email, if you're looking to build a list, then you just always want to lead with some type of value, whether that's an ebook, a video series, a checklist, um, just something like that that coincides with what you're offering to get someone to raise their hand and let you know that they are in your target, your, your target audience. Right, right. You, you mentioned e-commerce and having having a store. Now, is this having a separate website or are we leveraging other platforms that may not necessarily be ours? How, how does that work? So for our e-com clients, I mean, there's a lot of different ways you can do it. Most of our e-com clients, they leverage Shopify. So Shopify is the e-com platform that a lot of people use for their online stores. There's other ones too, like WooCommerce and Wix. So there's other ways you can do it but like the number one and what i feel is the best one is shopify so you know if you're looking to sell especially if you have like multiple products multiple SKUs, then shopify is really good it just gives you more flexibility and it's going to allow you to advertise better if you just have like a single a single product that you're selling and maybe you can just sell it from your regular website or something like that but if you're looking to get serious about selling products or selling a lot of them, then you want to be on a platform such as Shopify, which is made to help increase you, you know, sell and increase you, increase your conversion. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, we're going to take a quick break and we're going to come back and talk a little bit more about, you know, how you as a business owner, as an entrepreneur or one who's aspiring to can still, still leverage today digital advertising for your business so that you can grow and scale and, and be like my guest today, go from zero to a million in three years. We'll be right back. Did you know that adding promotional products into the mix of your marketing initiatives can increase the effectiveness of your brand by up to 44%? 
Using promotional products is a great way to break the ice with a potential customer, as they'll be more likely to listen to what you'll have to say. If you can get their attention and keep it, you probably have the power to follow through with the sale. That's why I use Logo My Logo for all of my promotional products. If you're ready to take your brand to the next level and get the attention of your next potential customer, then use Logo My Logo for all your promotional products. Just go to the number 2 logomylogo.com. That's the number 2 logomylogo.com and just let them know Markeith sent you. All right, welcome back to the Marquis Break Podcast. And our guest today is Terry Foster, the owner and founder of Terry Foster Consulting, right there in Pittsburgh, which is a digital marketing agency offering customized marketing solutions to their clients. And we just got finished talking about what digital advertising is and how you could leverage it to build your business. And now I want to shift just a little bit for those of you who are considering hiring somebody to do your digital ads. And one of the questions I have uh, for Terry is, you know, what should I be considering? What should they be considering when they're looking for someone to run their ads? Because, you know, everybody, you know, seeing the opportunity as a business to be an ad agency, this, that, and the other. And so everybody's becoming a professional uh, advertiser <laughs> online, right? So what should uh, a company or individual be looking out for uh, when they're looking for somebody to work with on their ads? That's a really good question. So there's definitely a few things that you want to make sure that you're looking out for. One Number one probably is making sure that they have some type of experience or at least uh, being familiar with your particular industry or niche. Just because someone is good at getting leads for dentists doesn't mean that they're good at selling physical products. So a lot of times people niche down and they have specialties. So if you can find someone that has a lot of success and experience doing exactly what you're doing, then obviously that makes for a pretty good fit. So if you can find that, that's something that you definitely want to consider. Uh, number two is just doing your due diligence and asking if they have case studies or people that you can, you know, referrals that you can speak with because a lot of the time the proof is in the pudding. So people can say they're doing numbers. They can say that they did X, Y, and Z, but if you're not checking it out, making sure that it's legit, you want to see, especially if they're saying that they've had successful campaigns, you want to ask, can I see a case study on that? Um, so you want to make sure that you're doing that. Now, if you're in a situation where maybe you're going to start it with someone that doesn't have that level of experience, which is fine because I started out with, you know, no experience and someone had to give me a shot. So I didn't have impressive case studies to give, but you want to make sure that you're able to connect with that person, that they get off a good energy, that you can tell that they're willing to work hard for you and that you just like talking to them because the person is going to have a pretty big impact on your business and hopefully they're going to be around for a while and you two are going to make a lot of money together. So you want someone that you enjoy doing that with. So a lot of people overlook that, but you want to always work with people that you would enjoy working with. What about pricing? You know, how do I determine what's affordable, reasonable, or just completely outrageous? Yeah, that's a good question as well. And, um, you know, the question, the answer is it depends. <laughs> That's okay. always the answer, but really, you know, it's based upon 
budget and ad spend. So if you want to spend more money, then you can expect to pay more for management fee. A lot of it's tied to how much you're spending. So typically I would say like in these days, like we're talking about Facebook and Instagram, and it's also likely dependent on whether you're a local business or if you're someone that's targeted nationally because it's easier to set up campaigns for someone that's just running ads, you know, within a 25 mile radius of their practice than it is targeting people all over the world. So that impacts it as well. But typically, um, you know, if you're talking to someone that has pretty good experience, pretty good expertise, um, you, you're probably going to be looking at at least $1,000 a month for management. But again, it just, it varies greatly. It, you know, depends on when you catch someone in terms of their experience level. If you, kept, you catch someone up and coming and they're hungry and they're looking to get results, then you can probably get them for cheaper. But you're definitely going to have to be willing to at least invest some type of money, especially if you want to work with someone who's good and who can help you get the results you're after. Right, right, right. And, that, you know, that's good good advice to know. Now, what do I need to come with um, when I'm working with a digital advertiser? Are they creating my copy? Are they finding my pictures and stock photos? Or am I bringing that as the one who's hiring? Yes, yeah, so, I mean, it's probably different across different agencies or different consultants about what they're going to do. Like us at our agency, typically our clients are responsible for providing us with video content. Now my team and I, we can take that video content, we can edit it, we can splice it together, we can make it more Facebook and Instagram friendly. So we can help there, but um, we can't create the raw video footage. A lot of times that has to come from the business. Um, You know, in terms of images, same things like, if you have products, you want to have high quality images of the product that can be used in ads. We're not creating those those images, but we can like customize it to throw text on there and make them pop a little bit. So that's pretty much how we operate is we get stuff from the client and then we work on improving it based upon, you know, our knowledge and our expertise. Now there's some agencies and there's some people that maybe if they put more of a focus on the creatives, maybe they can do everything for you but it's hard to believe that like if you have uh if you have a barbershop it's hard to believe that you can outsource you know getting a video created for that barbershop when the right. best footage is actually going to be in your barbershop so unless you hire someone to go there and take the footage for you you probably won't have to do it yourself or find someone to do it for you that's good that's good yeah you know it it all it all does depend on uh, the type of agency you're you're building and dealing with so Definitely, you know, having your own collaterals, I have a tendency to believe is always best. And then you allow them to leverage those collaterals as best as possible. Mm-hmm. Good. So, you know, let's shift again and, you know, kind of talk about you and how you were able to build your business, as you stated earlier, from zero to a million in three years. You know, I think that strategy and systems and different things need to be in place in order uh, to do that. We live in a time and space where when you when you have a good product or service or when you when you have a personal brand of influence that garners an audience, you know, it's not really hard as what it used to be because everybody couldn't get access the way that we can get access today. And so what are some things that you did strategy-wise to move yourself 
uh, in the direction of building a successful business and being able to have those accolades of generating over $50 million for uh, others in sales and $10 million in service and digital products? Yeah, that's a really amazing question. I mean, the first thing, first and foremost, is that it takes hard work. So no matter what strategies you leverage, whatever you implement, you still have to be willing to put in the work. You still have to be willing to sacrifice to make it happen. So a lot of hard work, a lot of trial and error along along the way. But one of the things that, you know, strategically that has helped me is the fact that I've just been able to make some really great connections, be able right. to hook up with some people like early on, just some great clients or great mentors, um, great coaches that allow me to be able to push my business further, faster. So you always want to be on the lookout for strategic alliances, people that can get behind you and get in your corner and they can vouch for you. And it's pretty much always starts with, <coughs> always starts with just providing quality work and more importantly, just being a good person, just mm -hmm. treating people how you want to be treated. And that, um, goes a long way to developing relationships. So been a, very fortunate to do that. Also, once you start to really make the leap, just finding people who also believe in your vision that you can bring on your team, that you can help put into role to help because it's, you can't go from zero to 1 million um, by yourself, especially in this line of work. If you have a product or something like that, maybe, but doing what I do, you know, it's, more than just myself, I needed to find people that I could believe in, that I could trust, that um, I could put in the position to help make us successful and get closer to our vision. So knowing that you need to invest in other people is also critical. And probably number three is really just taking your craft seriously. So if you're going to do something, do it well. Um, most things that you do, you can always get better. You can always learn. You can always improve. So I'm always even though I managed over $10 million of ad spend, I'm still on Facebook groups trying to get information. I'm still buying courses. I'm still going to conferences. I'm still working just as hard as I, you know, did when I started to get better. So, so you always want to just make sure that you are trying to be as best as possible at what you're doing, because at the end of the day, that's what moves the needles. When people know that, Hey, if I partner with these guys, they're going to, do this for me because I've heard they did the same thing for X, Y, and Z. That's going to allow you to, it's going to allow you to grow. It's going to allow you to, you know, command more money. It's going to allow you to get higher quality clients. So your reputation will always precede you. So always make sure that you're just doing business the right way and you're taking your craft seriously. How did you go about identifying who, you wanted to work with or do business with as far as your ideal customer avatar? Do you just work with anybody or did you have a particular niche area of people that you wanted to work with? Yeah. So when I first started out, it was pretty much working with all types of different people in different niches, really just to get experience and, you know, exposure because you really don't know what you don't know. So I wanted to get a lot of experience and then be able to pick from there. Then once I started to do that, I found that our biggest case studies, our biggest success came from e-commerce clients where we were selling physical products. So, and it also made the most sense for us business-wise because we were able to implement a commission structure 
into mm-hmm. that type of contract. So not only will we get our retainer fee, we would also get a commission. So the fact that we had the most success doing that and it had the highest upside for the agency is why, you know, I thought that it would be smart for us to start specializing in e-com. Now we still do work with some clients that aren't in e-com just because if it's a good fit, uh, we can still take them on because we do it, you know, we, we can do that stuff well also, but most of our clients, most of our spend comes from e-com clients and that's how I kind of determined that that's where we're going to focus because it's what we did best and it made the most sense for the agency. So it was a progression of identifying who it was that you worked well with or who you want to target for your company, not to necessarily exclude everybody, but I I share with clients all the time, you know, you're not necessarily Walmart and even Walmart has a niche customer, you know, but if you're trying to serve everybody, if your business is trying to resolve everybody's problem, then you probably don't really have a a good concrete business, you know? So I think it's important to kind of niche in a little bit. Yeah, and it's a lot tougher, too, to continuously get great results because if you're putting together processes, if you're putting together systems, if you're doing something for everyone, then you need those systems and process for all of those things where if you're just focusing, if you're honing in on one thing, then you can get that really dialed in. You can get that really tight, create systems and processes around that, and it's probably going to allow you to work more efficiently, which is one of the keys to the game is, how can you work more efficiently? So when you niche down, that definitely helps with that. Right. And so Terry, uh, tell us a little bit about um, how people can learn more about you, get in contact with you, our website, Facebook pages. Yeah, so our website is terryfosterconsulting.com. Uh, we're on Facebook, Instagram. I think across the board, we're Terry Foster Consulting. Um, probably need to check that but I'm pretty sure across the board with Terry Foster Consulting is where you can find us so yeah we're we're everywhere YouTube if you want to check out some videos that we have hit up our YouTube channel uh, if you want to follow like I said I'm doing a Facebook live so try to provide value in the Facebook group so if you're interested in that type of stuff go in like the Facebook page and if you want to find out more about our actual services go to the website terryfosterconsulting.com Terry Foster, Foster Consulting.com. Well, Terry, yeah. I appreciate you being on the show today. I thank you for, you know, sharing your knowledge and wisdom in the area of digital advertising, particularly Facebook ads, and just kind of helping us along the way. You know, this is just a taste of what uh, social media and digital advertising can do for your business and just a taste of the knowledge that Terry does have so please do visit his website and learn more about Terry Foster Consulting as well as uh, catch up with him on on social media. So Terry, thank you for joining me, and I appreciate you for taking the time out uh, both in Atlanta as well as today. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Cast episode with Terry Foster. I appreciate him taking the time out to share with us on digital advertising and also sharing his story of entrepreneurship. What a great story he has. I want to thank you for joining me this week again for the Marquee Brain Podcast. And as usual, please go to iTunes and leave a rating and review because it really helps 
others to find the podcast and to subscribe to the podcast. I also want to thank our sponsor as you have been hearing the commercial each and every week on the podcast, Logo My Logo. If you're in need of promotional products, all you have to do is go to 2logomylogo.com and look at all of the different products that they provide for you for your business. Promotional products are very important to your business as you get out there and really start marketing and promoting your Sell. I want to just acknowledge the fact that this has been a great, great, great ride as we start the new year off with an episode, actually two episodes each and every week. And I'm enjoying the process and I hope that you are getting great value out of the podcast each week. Just remember this, always shoot for the top because it's the bottom that's overcrowded. <laughs>